Welcome to the Trust Corner, hosted by the Chief Trust Office at SAP. The Chief Trust Office has been established to set the global security and privacy narrative. We aim to drive core leadership in setting responsible policies, frameworks, and processes that serve our more than 200 million SAP users worldwide. Please join us as we have Elena Kovochko, Chief Trust Officer at SAP, on our first ever episode with special guest Tim McKnight, Chief Security Officer, SAP. Welcome to the first episode of the Trust Corner. This podcast will explore how to build trust in a world where we can't feel fully secure. In a climate of everyday data breaches and insecurity, how do we as leaders across the business landscape build trust and how do we verify? How do we scale trust and what factors can help us accelerate building trust in institutions? Our new podcast would provide an enterprise-level perspective about cybersecurity and trust. We will explore a wide range of topics, such as partnerships in technology, workforce challenges, how to develop a security culture. We will have special guests that will provide their expertise to the conversation. Our goal will be to demystify cybersecurity and trust and make the content approachable to anyone interested in this topic. So join us as we explore the latest trends, challenges, innovations, and questions in the cybersecurity and trust space. Our guests will include SAP employees, partners, experts, and customers. And of course, our first guest today is Tim McKnight, Chief Security Officer at SAP. Tim leads SAP Global Security under our CEO, Christian Klein. Before joining SAP, Tim was CISO for Thomson Reuters. Earlier, he served as CISO for General Electric. Tim was also Executive Vice President of Fidelity Investments, Information Security and Technology Risk. He served in various IT security leadership roles at Northrop Grumman, BAE, and Cisco. And Tim began his career at the FBI as lead investigator of all National Infrastructure Protection Center matters. Tim, welcome to the Trust Corner. Elena, thank you for having me. Looking forward to the discussion. Tim, your responsibilities extend across SAP. How do you ensure a holistic leadership in a security and security across the organization? Thanks, Elena. Yeah, I certainly believe that my role is important to uh, do one simple task, and that's to make sure that everyone, uh, you know, in every role in the company understands what they can do to help us, uh, you know, not only secure our products, um, but really secure the relationship we have with our customers, you know, as SAP, you know, one of the world's largest business application and software companies. Um, so, you know, I, I'm fortunate that my role is, is, is pretty uh, large in scale. Um, everything from, you know, cybersecurity to product security to advising our board on, uh, you know, security and risk, uh, how it relates to their business decisions, um, to what we're talking about here, our trust office, you know, how do we enable our customers? How do we make sure, you know, they maintain the trust they have in us in, in doing business with SAP? Perfect. Thank you so much, Tim. Uh, what do you think the role of security should be within product development? Sure. It, you know, it's one of the more challenging areas, right? For years, I would say security uh, was a bolt-on. Uh, it was something that uh, we did when a customer uh, asked for it or there was a problem. Uh, our role in the last few years in particular here 
have been how do we shift left and make sure that security is at the forefront of the discussion, the design of the product, the architecture, uh, that it is seen as a core and foundational feature with respect to, you know, how our products and services actually work. Um, so the role has been, one, making sure it's a priority. Two, uh, you know, making sure that the teams that are developing our products, you know, understand what they have to do in, in, in writing their code. And making sure there are, uh, you know, no vulnerabilities in, in the product in the end state. Um, that we provide them the tooling they need to do just that. Uh, that we assess along the way as we shift left to make sure any vulnerabilities are addressed in our products early on, and not after they've been released to the market. So, you know, it's been really important partnership with our product teams, uh, the, the development teams in particular, in making sure that, you know, security as much as quality uh, is, a, uh, is a top priority before we, we deliver. Thank you, Tim. Um, so you were speaking about the importance of uh, product, uh, product security and security uh, hygiene as part of the product development. And of course, our products are very important for all of our customers and clients. How do you see your role with our clients? And what do you think some of the best practices could be between the CISOs and the customers? Oh, that's great. And certainly you're, you're right in the middle of all that as our chief trust officer for SAP. You know, our, our role is, I know we talk a lot about, you know, how do we enable our customers, um, meaning, you know, they don't all fully understand security. How do we get them up to speed uh, in terms of how our products work, whether they're on-prem, you know, with the customer or whether they're in the cloud. Um, so I think your, you know, your team and, and the trust office have been really focused on enabling those customers, giving them the details they need to operate securely uh, and to partner with us. Because as you move to cloud, there's more shared accountability um, with the customer um, where, you know, they may feel they're giving up control uh, in really putting it in the hands of SAP and our team, um, which we want to ensure they, they have the transparency of how things operate. So, you know, more and more, you know, we see that that, that partnership is, is critical. Uh, and I, I know more and more, you know, our teams, you know, you in particular are spending time with our customers, uh, making sure their voice is accounted for as well in terms of what they need now uh, and also what they need in the future from a security perspective. And I don't see that uh, going away ever. I, I think, uh, it's more, more and more going to be a, a high priority uh, with our customers, and, and it's something we 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 have to give to them going forward. Exactly. Thank you, Tim. You know, so shared accountability, partnerships, collaboration with clients that you mentioned, all of these elements uh, foster culture. And internally, we spend a lot of time uh, implementing a security culture and establishing some best practices in it. Um, how do you define a security culture? And, and what do you think some of the best practices for implementing that uh, culture could be? No, it's, it culture is really important, right? Uh, you know, culture can either help you or it, can, or it can completely destroy you in terms of your overall strategy. 
so so I know we as a team uh, have been really focused on how we set the security culture up for success long term here at SAP. You know, I, I'd say I mean I boil it down to a couple things, right? It's it's a mindset uh, and a community in terms of you know one understanding, right? We have a role in educating, creating learning and development for everyone in the organization at all levels around what is security, why is it important to SAP, uh, how do we create that mindset um, and make sure you know it, it's a priority up front. And with that comes that community, right? How do we knit all of that together so that it, it constantly evolves, right? Because culture doesn't just, it's, it isn't set it and forget it. It's, it's an evolving thing. It's dynamic as are the, the bad actors who are attacking us that, you know, they aren't just relying on one technique, you know, one procedure, one protocol. They're constantly looking for the next way um, to make money, to steal data um, or intellectual property or compromise. So we have to be constantly evolving in that mindset and that community. So I think, you know, it, it's it's something we're spending a lot of time and effort on. I think it's something that will continue to evolve and we have to be vigilant and making sure that, uh, you know, we, we continue to, to focus on it and listen to that community and how to solve some of these problems um, and take on the challenges that are facing us. Yeah, thank you, Tim. You know, we uh, jumped right into some of the core topics on what is security, how do we establish the right mindset, and how do we do prioritization within security organization. But in the intro, we listed your phenomenal career in security um, across technology industry, financial services industries, defense industries. How did you actually start in the cybersecurity field? Yeah, thanks. You're you're very kind. Um, you know, I, I can certainly say uh, it's been a, a wonderful uh, journey along the way. How did I start? Um, you know, I actually started uh, as a computer specialist uh, for the FBI, um, where I stood up networks, you know, uh, I polished fiber, I was a network administrator, I ran um, networks for, um, you know, large programs and for large offices. Uh, and then I actually became an FBI agent. My FBI career did not go right into cyber. Cyber was not a priority when I entered in uh, in the mid-90s as an FBI agent. Um, I actually worked bank robberies and I worked, you know, uh, public corruption, white collar crime uh, initially in, in, in my first few years. And then because of my, you know, uh, computers background, uh, you know, I fell into becoming what was called an infrastructure protection agent. So this was uh, hacking against critical infrastructure, you know, the, the, the grid, the water systems, uh, uh, you know, the dams, uh, et cetera, around the United States. Uh, and that really went from there, uh, you know, in terms of my training with different three-letter agencies. Uh, and, uh, and it sort of took off from there, but it's been great. That's incredible. Thank you for sharing with us. Since you started as a computer and infrastructure protection specialist and throughout your CSO career across those different industries, what have you observed that might have changed in the industry and what maybe has stayed constant? Sure. I, you know, I'll choose the, uh, the latter first, right? So what hasn't changed? 
what hasn't changed is that the uh, the bad guys and girls out there, uh, the the attackers, um, are still you know going after. I would say key foundational uh, areas. So you know, expose exposures and vulnerabilities, unpatched systems, um, you know, uh, identities. Uh, so they're still you know doing the same things they did some years ago, right? You know, uh, the thought being that what, why work hard when you don't have to? They're picking off the easiest um, targets and the softest targets, as they would say. So that that hasn't changed. I think we're solving a lot of the same problems. Why don't we have stronger authentication? Um, why aren't systems patched? You know, in, in a in a faster automated fashion. Why do we have so many you know vulnerabilities in software that are identified and which have been growing? year over year. Um, what has changed is the importance uh, of the role, uh, you know, security to uh, the company and to the governments, number one, right? It's, it's essential that if you're going to be able to be a successful um, winning business, you know, in today's world, um, your systems have to be resilient. They have to be secure. They have to be safe. So I think that that it went from a backroom discussion, more of an operational tactical discussion to a more strategic business oriented discussion in the boardroom, which is where I spend a lot of my time. I think the career path is much broader from a workforce perspective. You know, those 20, some 25, six, seven, you know, 30 years ago for me, you know, a lot of us came into these roles because we were former government, we were former FBI. We were former incident responders, you know, um, but now the whole space has grown so much, whether you want to spend time as a governance risk compliance person, you want to do, you know, the trust office or a safety office, you want to work fraud, you want to be a, a, an incident responder, a security operations person, you know, an ethical hacker, the list goes on. So I think the just the whole security field as a profession has just grown so much and as we know there's there are millions of unfilled jobs you know currently and, and in the coming years that we have to find a, a way to close those roles so that's at least the initial things of what haven't changed and, and what have changed thank you tim well you've tackled some tremendous challenges in the cyber world and in the physical world you've seen the industry evolve you've been a driving force behind the evolution of the industry really bringing security forward from the back room like you said the back office into the front lines of the business for those who want to follow into your footsteps what is the best lesson you learned throughout your career Sure. I don't know that I can narrow it down to one, um, but I'll certainly share a few. You know, I think, uh, you know, empowering your team, right? Uh, I think it's important to, uh, you know, give give your your people the opportunity and to empower them to take on their roles and do what they need to do is is probably the most important thing, right? You can't, you know, I was a baseball player back in my day. There was no way one player could win against a team of nine. Um, you really need to make sure that everybody on the field, you know, knows their role uh, and has the opportunity to do what they're best at. So I think that's clearly number one. You know, I'd say one other one I've tried to practice uh, quite a bit is, 
uh, be both a, a, you know, a, a teacher and a student at all times, right? I mean, I learn from you every day, Elena. I learn from other teams, of the uh, members of the team. I try and convey my, my life lessons and my experience with all of you as well. In that regard, be humble in that you're always going to learn. I always tell the story of my father who would fall asleep every night with academic um, you know, studies uh, in his chair every night. He didn't have to continue to you know, learn and work, but he felt it was you know, part of his profession uh, to really continue to be a student you know, and learn the new ways of doing, uh, you know, what he did. And so I feel the same way. I think it's, it's critical that we're always a student, always a teacher and take the time to teach others, right? You owe it to others for where you've gotten and, and you should certainly share it uh, further uh, with your teams. So there's a couple of them. I'm sure I could give you a few more. Yeah, definitely. I would love to hear that, Tim. Um, so, of course, the idea of mentorship is very important. And, you know, it helps propel the organizations forward and build that trust that we're trying to um, narrow down the definition of in, in this podcast. And um, you mentioned earlier some of the areas that haven't yet changed, but really need to. Would you say there are any mistakes or patterns that you see companies make when they build security organizations or when they try to build security culture? Yeah, I think one, uh, there's a few. Uh, one I would say is uh, that it's the security team's job. It's not, it's everyone's job. Um, and if you haven't really uh, articulated the structure of the role and security of HR, of procurement, of finance, of, you know, treasury, you know, of the legal department, um, you're not going to have a winning plan, right? So I think the opportunity is to make sure that everyone, you know, knows their job on the field, you know, and that they have a plan to track to. It doesn't mean they have to have 30 outcomes to track to, um, but they should at least have two or three that are commitments they've made to the security team um, to help them, you know, really raise the bar around the secure around security. I think another example would be, you know, back to you know, you're you're really never done in this space. I, I think uh, too many times, you know, there's expectations. Oh, we spent a lot of money. Uh, we must be finished now, and that's not the way security works, right? Um, we're up against evolving attackers uh, who are very smart, very creative. Uh, you know, they're looking for ways uh, to, to come at you and you should be as well. You know, it's a bit of a, an arms race, you know, the ability to continually evolve, um, you know, and change and adapt and even go back to some of the old ways as some attackers show, I think is, is an important aspect. And, and it's a mistake, I think, that some leadership makes that, you know, it's a one and done investment. It's not. It's, it's one that's going to be evolving and growing uh, quite a bit for many years to come. And, and, you know, again, back to it's essential to your business. Yeah, exactly. It is. Well, thank you, Tim. You know, I really love that idea of having a winning plan and, and critical areas. And when we considered uh, creating a, a trust office a couple of years ago, we did say that we want to differentiate uh, on transparency, provide 
more information, provide more accessibility to our information for our customers. And that really paved the way for the creation of the chief uh, trust office at SAP that we've been uh, building and, at, and scaling here. Um, would you say that it's beneficial for other organizations to consider creating trust offices? Uh, and is there anything that you think they should or could uh, learn from that experience of creating a chief trust office that, that we might have seen at SAP? Yeah, I, I absolutely do. I mean, certainly, I uh, know you and I are having a lot of uh, our peers reach out uh, to ask, um, what are the first steps for them in building a trust office? Um, one, I, I certainly think, I mean, we're a customer of other, of many other companies, and we certainly want to have the transparency um, that uh, that we provide to our customers into the products we're, and services we're buying. So number one, right? I mean, the old quote of Warren Buffett is, uh, you know, it takes 30 years to build a reputation. It, you know, it can take minutes or hours um, to completely destroy uh, a reputation, you know, I certainly believe that with all my heart, right? So I think a trust office can really, you know, build that, um, you know, brand reputation for, reputation from a security perspective that is critical for a customer to say, I want to do business with them. I know how they, you know, operate they give me visibility into you know how they operate. They give me visibility into the efficacy of you know their their controls, just like they would you know for financials, right? So I, I think it, one, it's a it's a wave that's coming, and uh, most product and service companies will have to have some level of trust office. Um, two, I certainly think we at SAP have a lot to share. Um, with how we go about it, um, you know, in, in terms of, you know, enabling our customers and, and, and working with them, you know, as a partnership uh, in the trust office, you know, I, it's exciting to see, you know, security office, trust office, you know, I've seen, you know, uh, other uh, areas grow into the security space, but I think this is one that's going to be uh, a new and interesting frontier for many companies. Excellent. Well, we hope uh, other companies will follow uh, uh, us uh, in, in, in this path. So thank you, Tim. Um, just switching gears a little bit. In our cyber defense organization, we have established uh, some partnerships to provide transparency into how we respond to critical vulnerabilities. Um, and I think this has really uh, resonated with our customers really well. Uh, what do you think is the role of transparency in the threat landscape? And can it become a differentiator for companies as they build trust with their customers? Yeah, I certainly can uh, say I believe it is a differentiator, right? Um, I think as, as we have meetings with our customers, you know, to review where we are, you know, in, in terms of our security program, our approach, our strategy and, and execution against that strategy, you know, whether it's, you know, delivery of a functionality in our product, um, whether it's log4j that we all, you know, everywhere around the world experienced lately, you know, in December and January. Um, you know, it, it can give, you know, I, I always say that the best conversations are the hardest, uh, you know, ones where you're, you're really sharing the reality with the customer 
of what you're facing into, you know, the, the hard parts of the discussion. And I think that builds great credibility with the customer too. If you just hand them a one pager that says everything's green, nothing for you to worry about, uh, and they walk away, you know, I think most security officers should be concerned. You know, they're going to want a much deeper and richer and honest conversation. Um, and I think that's what we strive for, right, is, is authenticity in that conversation with our customers. Yes. Do I think it will continue to be more and more transparent? Yes. Do I think it's going to be more real time and less of this once a year, you know, one page report? I certainly do. And I, and I think it's going to be um, a core requirement for any hyperscaler, for any business application to be thinking that way in the next 12 to 18 months. So I'm excited about where we're positioned in that and where we're headed. Excellent. Well, we're very excited that too, Tim. So the tech revolution has brought us many vulnerabilities. You mentioned Log4j a little bit earlier. You know, it brought us the challenges of scale, the challenges to create meaningful, trusted organizations, as we've been discussing. Uh, but also the tech revolution brought us exceptional uh, products and, you know, and progress. We hear a lot of buzzwords these days and innovations such as metaverse, uh, you know, deep fakes, AI, cryptocurrency. Uh, I'm wondering if you're excited about any of them in particular, and if there is anything that you think our customers uh, should uh, uh, place particular attention to. Yeah, it's it's great. I mean, it's exciting <clears throat> to see uh, what's happening from an innovation perspective. Um, you know, but you're right. There is always a dark side, and there's a, a side of the light uh, with any new innovation, right? Any mega trend um, brings. Uh, both good and bad. Um, so you, you may say, you know, uh, deep fakes are working great for media, right? Uh, you know, and the movies, right? The ability to make uh, Robert De Niro look 30 years younger. Um, I would be happy if everyone wanted to make me look 30 years younger, um, but obviously can be used in a, in a very disruptive, um, you know, malevolent way you know, to, hey, have the president of the United States come out and say something horrible happened to the country today and, and abuse that technology. Um, or, uh, you know, with artificial intelligence, you know, got similar challenges, you know, uh, you know, the ethics, um, any bias in the, the code itself, um, you know, the, the ethical and moral uh, view that can AI become sentient uh, and have its own feelings uh, is something for debate as well. And then cryptocurrency, obviously, great benefits as a decentralized system with great security, um, but certainly an opportunity to launder money. Um, so, I mean, listen, I, I certainly advise and counsel, you know, our company um, and many others that, you know, you have to anticipate, you know, the good and the bad. Um, you have to look around the corners on, you know, the potential opportunities um, that can be abused in new technology um, and, and see how you can risk minimize, um, you know, those things uh, in moving into these environments. I mean, metaverse is very interesting, no, no doubt, right? I, I had spent some time back in my defense years with uh, the what was early on Lincoln Labs, uh, and some of the virtual reality work they were doing, primarily in support of uh, education, as well as um, 
uh, learning and development. And actually, it was even as simple as taking a tour of a uh, aircraft carrier um, or the Parthenon, right? And, um, you know, I, I think a lot of the same challenges we see today, right? So in metaverse, how do you authenticate someone? How do you know you're talking who you're talking about? I still remember years ago after doing a tour in, in the original Lincoln Labs uh, virtual reality um, work they were doing, a, a younger student, you know, said, oh, I just was talking to the mayor of South Bend, Indiana. And of course, I said, well, how do you know that was the mayor of South Bend, Indiana? And he said, he said he was, right? So, uh, you know, it's, uh, I think we have opportunities around, um, you know, how it can be abused, anticipating it. Uh, I think there's a couple areas around safety, right, for children uh, in particular that have to be taken, uh, uh, you know, in, into effect. How can your brand um, be utilized effectively or be damaged permanently in those environments? You know, so it's it's going to be it's going to be an interesting time. There's always new challenges, and I certainly see these as all good good opportunities for us to think differently around security. Yes, we absolutely always strive to think differently and think ambitiously in cybersecurity. And I know that we do have a great mission at SAP. We do have ambitious goals. We have detailed plans. We have a great team. Uh, and we have a lot of great materials available for our customers through the Trust Center that we encourage our listeners to explore and engage with our team. So to conclude today's podcast, uh, Tim, would you like to share any additional advice that you might not have mentioned yet, or I didn't ask? Um, any advice on building a strong team or a strategy or just the parting words for our listeners? No, I mean, listen, I, I'm happy to, to, to say that, uh, you know, our team here at SAP is making sure we deliver you know, the best um, secure outcomes for our customers from a business perspective. Um, and that takes, you know, all, all hands on deck. It takes a, uh, uh, a really strong um, commitment from the company uh, and, uh, you know, from our team to make that happen. Uh, and I think it's great that uh, you're doing this with the Trust Corner. I think it's uh, it's going to be a great success for us, and I'm excited to hear the uh, the future uh, sessions that you have. So thanks, Elena. Thank you so much, Tim. And uh, we are very much looking forward to creating a lot more winning plans, and we hope that more of our listeners will consider uh, the functions of the trust office, perhaps for their own team to help them build that reputation and brand for their company that you've been discussing and really emphasize the importance of having strong teams in place that are customer-facing. So thank you very much, Tim, for joining us today at the Trust Corner. Thank you. 